Perfect, now I have your numbers. Thanks. Hey, I'm Robbie Kramer. You're listening to the Leverage Podcast, where we discuss using your social skills to hack dating, travel, finding your dream job, and becoming a complete man. All right, welcome back, everybody. We've got a uh, very cool guest that I've had the pleasure of uh, getting to know over the past couple of weeks through uh, WhatsApp. Um, and he's a world-renowned digital nomad traveler, much kind of the same speed um, that I've kind of been up to the last few years. Um, this guy gets amazing results. He's, he's one of the best day game coaches out there, um, and he comes very highly respected amongst other guys in the community. And uh, that's James Tusk. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. Not at all. Uh, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So where in the world are you now? You're in Mexico, right? I'm sitting in Mexico City. I actually had to be, I had to find a route back to the UK um, because I have family and friends there. And my, my, my family and my friends are saying, are you still alive? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, are you bullshitting us from beyond the grave? Like last time I was like, no, I actually am alive. Uh, I was in Brazil. If I flew direct from Brazil back to the UK, I'd have to sit in a quarantine hotel um, and pay the government 2,000 pounds, which is about coming up to 3,000 US, which I'm not going to fucking do. So instead, the loophole is I fly to Mexico City or I fly to anywhere in Mexico. I spend 10 days here quarantining, which is basically me drinking mezcal and eating some burritos and doing what the fuck I want. And then for some reason, I can fly direct back to the UK and all I've got to do is isolate at home for five days. Makes no sense because the COVID rates in Brazil and in, the, in Mexico are the same. There must be some, some money getting greased across different palms and, you know, whatever. Take advantage of the system. So... I'm sitting in CDMX in a really cool area called Palanco. Uh, for those of you that haven't been there, I'd probably, uh, I'd like it to Mayfair in London or, or Manhattan in New York. It's classy. Um, there's a lot of money here. Uh, the women are hot, even for Mexican standards. You've got the creme de la creme, really cool bars, really cool big high-end shopping malls where you can approach. I'm with a couple of clients as well, which is cool. And yeah, my final few days, I fly back to London on Monday and I kind of begin my European tour I always fill up my time. So December to April, I'm in South America for the South American summer, usually Colombia, Brazil, Argentina. And then typically May, September, I'm in Europe. I spend a lot of time in the former Soviet Union. So I might end up in your home patch, Mr. Kramer, at some stage in Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool. But I've got plans to go to Russia, um, Greece, Turkey, uh, Finland, Belgrade. Croatia. Yeah, there's a few spots. It's going to be an interesting year. And then uh, towards the end of the year, I'll head off to Thailand and uh, do some Muay Thai and chill out. That's the nice. Yeah. yeah, man, you definitely have the circuit down. You know, there's like a, a group of dudes that I know, um, yourself included, that find the best places to go, especially now during COVID um, and the best places for, for women, obviously. Right. Uh, kind of your perpetual summer, perpetual good weather, uh, beautiful women. It's the, uh, the digital nomad kind of dream lifestyle. But tell us, um, you know, how'd you get into all this crazy stuff? What, yeah, what so, so for me, growing up in the UK, I'm from London originally. And growing up here, you, you know, you kind of go to the pub early with your fake ID. You go to the bars early, 14, 15, you're drinking. Having gone to a private school and having grown up with three younger brothers, I basically just was shit with women purely because I just haven't, hadn't got any experience dating, right? So I hadn't, you know, went to university, 
good looking guy. Uh, and this is the, the criticism I get. They're like, oh, James, you're a good looking dude. You must get laid like a rock star. I was like, no, I fucking wasn't getting laid like a rock star. And I was still a good looking dude when I was younger. Um, as we know, as, same with you, Robbie, as you, as you kind of work out, as you get older and get into this, it's looks are your foot in the door, right? They're going right. to give you 10 seconds, 30 seconds with that hot girl. But if, if you don't know, if you don't know what you're fucking doing or if your, your self-belief and your conviction isn't there and you just, you, you don't know what's up, shit, she's going to almost judge you harsher because she just assumes you should know what you're fucking doing, right? Right. So, so she's going to have gets, these high expectations. Yeah. You good looking. And then she's like, okay, that's it. Where's the rest? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I've, I've taken out very, very good looking guys who are better looking than me, rich, like dudes, model guys, just throwing them in, assuming they're going to kill her. And lo and behold, because they don't know what they're doing because they haven't got much confidence. Yeah. Girls just see straight through it. And they're just like, yeah, this guy just doesn't get it. So off, off you, you know, she blows you out. But yeah, so I came out of uni and this is pre-days of kind of internet dating. Tinder hadn't really been invented. I think there was plenty of fish, but it was shit. Um, I was bored of, of going to clubs and getting drunk and getting zero results. So I ended up seeing these guys approaching on YouTube, a company that, which now doesn't exist called daygame.com. And there was a couple of guys there. There was Yab, there was Tom Torero, there was John Matrix. Basically bought their products, data against the machine, which encouraged you to go out and try this yourself. And I went out couple of days in central London I remember and I was just frozen like a statue turned to stone you know like Medusa had looked into my eyes I just couldn't do it and <laughs> yeah. at that stage I was like fuck it I'm gonna do a boot camp and I'm glad I did because it gave me that kick I needed I was just basically told to approach a fuckload that weekend and it just got that momentum going and then kind of from there I, I fell in love with day game as a process I, I just I love that kind of buzz you had when you're speaking to a hot girl and you're sober and you can do it in different situations and you feel fucking alive. You feel like, I don't know. You, you really just feel, do get, you get a better high from that than you do from drugs. Man, you really do. You have a coffee, yeah. like, little, you know, cough, black coffee, going out, you know, talk to a few hot girls. It was that kind of autumn or you guys call it full, you know, where you've got a bit of sun shimmering through, but it's a bit cold, so you in a coat, you're gripping coffee and there's hot girls out in London. You have these amazing conversations, maybe on an instant date. And you meet some amazing people and it just makes you a better human being makes you more, yep. more emotionally, social intelligent. And yeah, I fell in love with that process. I started hitting it quite hard. Started getting guys asked me for questions. And then I started working for a company in London, uh, which still exists, a woman called Kezia Noble. Runs a big dating company. She's cool. Oh, okay. She knows what she's doing. Um, she's one of the few women in this industry who's able to separate themselves from the fact she's a woman and actually offer objective advice. So, you know, fair play to her. Worked with her for a bit. And then I was like, I turned 30. I'd had a couple of close friends die um, for different reasons. And I was kind of like, what the fuck am I doing sitting in London? Because I was doing that standard, like working in the city, right? Um, but just kind of like life goes past fast. And I was just like, is this really what I want to be doing with this short time I have on planet Earth? So a couple of friends died. I hit 30. I was like, fuck this. I resigned. Mm -hmm. And having worked kind of in the, the industry part time for a couple of years, I was like, fuck it. I'll just go for it. So I didn't really have the money to do it, but I just left, right? I just started traveling. And I was like, I'm going to make this fucking work. Death ground strategy. And lo and behold, when you're pushed up, I, I've always performed best under pressure. I remember college, like university, it was like the standard thing. Dissertation needs to be done. Leave it till the fucking last day and then just pack against the wall, but end up with a high mark, right? So I performed better under pressure. So I kind of put myself under that pressure and just started traveling and, and making the uh, making content and putting out a lot of in-field in stuff. I hate to use the kind of pick-up terminology, but I guess that's how you describe it. Yeah. Just to kind of demonstrate what I was doing and started getting, obviously, guys helping, uh, you know, wanting to kind of come along for coaching and stuff. And, and that's been 
that was four years ago and it's been the you know the, the craziest four years of my life really just traveling around doing this stuff um met some really cool people had some great experiences i think i've, I've traveled to around 80 countries now in total which is fucking yeah, good that's a lot um, almost yeah <laughs> almost almost 100 yeah i mean there's some i think that will be avoided off the off the list there because i just my big parts of africa are just too dangerous to go and i'm not particularly into african women so i yeah. probably wouldn't be going there the vast parts of asia I'm not that fussed about um middle east obviously uh, apart from beirut which is a bit of a, a, a crown jewel a hidden crown jewel i probably won't be going to much of much much of the middle east but yeah there's plenty of big stories exploring still to go i definitely want to hit more of the former soviet union have some random nights out there um that'd be cool and yeah that's kind of at where i'm at really so did when you were um you said after you worked for for kezia um you quit and then you came back into it or, or I was a little confused on, on the time. So I, was, I was working for her part-time and then at the same time, I just set my own thing up. Uh, okay. um, so, I, but it's not like you're tied in, you, you know, you, you work full-time with her and you're not allowed to set up your own thing. It's very much like you help her out, right? But you can fucking do what you want. So I was working the corporate job part-time for Kezia and then set my own channel at the same time. Uh, so that was running for about a year before I was like, fuck this and quit corporate stuff and just started traveling. And to be honest, like I knew, you know, the UK and the US, you know, it's, it's built in a certain way. And I just knew that if people found out what I was doing, kind of on the YouTube stuff, that wouldn't sit well with the corporate world. So I was right. like, kind of like, before I get burned and before something bad happens, let's just, yeah, let, let's do the, the sensible thing and just fucking get out of that. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, that's how it went down. Yeah. Similar to my story, I was doing the corporate world thing too, and then work for another um, dating coach named uh, Lance Mason. He was running Pickup 101. Just kind of doing it on the side, coaching boot camps. And then luckily for me, it was like 2007, 2008 when the market collapsed. And so I was, right. I was basically like the company I was working for just totally collapsed. So I was, I was laid off and right. uh, I was at this kind of turning point where I could either try to get a new job in finance or just kind of go out on my own and try to make it as a dating coach. Um, and I was like, fuck that. I really don't want a new job. So I'll make it work. But it sounds like for you, you know, you you had a point where you're like, no, I'm going to quit this other thing and then take a leap to do the dating coaching. Where you, and that's that's hard to do. I, I don't know if I would have done it had I not been laid off. Um, yeah, I, th I think I got into it. You know, really, I got into it because I just assumed being a dating coach means it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll. What I didn't realize is obviously it's not that, and it's actually building a business, and a lot of the time you're helping people, and you actually do less cold approach than you ever did when you were doing it as a hobby. But I, I wouldn't regret it. Like, I fucking love what I do. I love helping guys. I love traveling. I love basically living life on my own terms. I can't em emphasize enough that having freedom of your own time is the most important thing. And guys always ask me for, younger guys ask me for advice. And I'm like, really figure out what you want to do in life. Because if you're going to be doing something eight hours, nine hours a day, you better fucking enjoy it. Because yeah. most guys that, you know, will come to me for coaching, they work technically high value jobs, right? They're a lawyer and they're an accountant. I'm like, yeah, John, so, you know, tell them about your life. They're like, well, my fucking job sucks. I'm getting paid loads, but I fucking hate it. Well, I'm like, bro, that's the fucking first thing you need to change, right? Because your life is passing by. And if you're living that reality eight, nine hours a day, every fucking day, that's a big part of who you are. And if the girl's jumping into that reality, she's going to see you don't fucking like it. And she, if you don't like your own fucking reality, I guarantee you she's not going to fucking like your reality. So younger guys should definitely figure out what you want to do with your life. Um, really have a think whether university and college is the right move. Like I, I did history at uni because I didn't really know what to do. And, uh, and then I did a law conversion. But if I have my time again, 
if I'd bothered with university. I probably would have, been, in hindsight, if I was 18, just gone straight into doing this shit and built yeah. it up from there. But if I had my time again and I did go to university, I'd probably learn about finance, how the world works. It's super, it's, it's super important to like know what to do with your money so people don't fucking steal it, i.e. banks. Um, you know, so I'd have probably studied economics and learned a couple of languages, probably Spanish and Portuguese or maybe Russian. Well, I went, I went to uni for economics and I literally learned nothing and used nothing from all the economics classes I took. Was that, was that, was that a bit self-inflicted though, Robbie? Was that just you chasing skirt and, and boozing and doing too much drugs? Like, is it kind of no. self-inflicted or the course wasn't geared around actually helping you with that? I was a total nerd in college. I didn't even get into the party scene until I was like 30, 31. Serious? But, um, fucking yeah. hell. You, that, man, you've done, you fucking made up for lost time. Like, if, if, for, I, yeah. for, guys, for guys that are watching, obviously, check out the cross interview I did about Robbie on my channel. We can link it below. But fucking hell, that's, man, that's some seven years you lived then. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> in, in university, I actually got good grades. I think I graduated with like a 3.5 GPA. Went to all my classes, but it was just, even in university, you just don't learn personal finance. Um, you know, I was learning these like derivative math equations and linear algebra and this fucking bullshit. Um, but yeah, they just don't teach you that stuff. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, and, and the same there's here. Two actually, I like this. Just, uh, to inter just to interrupt, there's two actually, and we can, we can link them to your guys can ask you or me or whatever, but there's two, two really good kind of personal finance sites I recommend. One's yeah, called Sovereign great. Man and one okay. called, one's called Nomad, Nomad Capital, I believe. Uh, I've got the screenshots here, actually. Yeah, Sovereign I'll Man, um, Sovereign Man, very good. And also uh, Nomad Capitalist, very good. And it's basically just, just fucking free info. Where should you put your taxes? Should you put it in property? Everything down to like micro and macro level stuff. And it's all free. It's fucking good info. So I'd, I'd really highly recommend checking those sites out. I've got no affiliation to the guys either. I just think they produce good content. Nice. Have you heard of, um, I will teach you to be rich? No, but I'll, I'll check it out. Sounds good. Yeah. It sounds kind of, it sounds kind of cultish. Like they get you <laughs> chanting and clapping and dancing and a bit Tony Robbins-esque, but. Not at all. Actually. He's like a, like a, just like a total like New York Indian dude. Who's just like, nice. don't be a fucking asshole. Put your money here. Do this, blah, blah, blah. Like very, just very straightforward. Do this. This is what they don't teach you. So I'll make a, I'll make but, a note uh, of that. I'm here. Um, that's cool, man. I will teach you to be rich. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, between that and just like the kind of the fundamentals from rich dad, poor dad, and understanding the difference between that liabilities and, and, uh, assets. Um, you know, that was, did you, did you read the other books or just the first one? Cause I've, I've read his first one, but I didn't never bother with the kind of follow up ones. Um, I read one around corporate taxes, right. And, um, how to structure like a corporation to avoid, um, or not, it was basically how to set up a corporation. Um, and uh, that was good, but it was kind of over in depth. I think if you just meet with a, a decent attorney, they can advise you a little bit better. I think that's the key point, isn't it? With everything in life, it's like, you know, the phrase jack of all trades, you know, it completes it, master of none. And I think too often in life, we, especially with this stuff, half my job is convincing guys actually you know switched on guys that come to me they run their own business or they work for corporate you know entity they understand that time's the most valuable asset and so i don't need to take tell them that's very much like get on the phone like james how much I'm like what's your budget we figure something out but the rest of the time like guys that haven't really got their finance in order i have to kind of teach them that time is more valuable than money and that's why you should go to a coach because you leverage thousands of hours that they they put in in their own life to save you doing that and you trade it's an altruism right you evolved altruism you trade 
They give you money, you give them your time and accountability in a step-by-step process. Obviously, the more yeah. switched on men, you, you know, it's simple for them to understand. But a lot of people that get in touch with me, they don't quite get that concept. So it's like I have to teach them that. And then they're like, oh, I get it now. And then I'm like, oh, how much you got for budget? And they're like, oh, zero. I'm in India. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's every successful guy I meet. They all say essentially what you just said. And they said, I've simply leveraged my resources to learn from people that are better than me and haven't wasted my time. You know? So no brainer, man. So no brainer. Anything that I'm good at in life, like speaking Brazilian Portuguese, boxing, uh, getting in really good shape. Guess what? I went to a fucking expert and they're just like, you know, they, they, I, you 10x the speed at which you learn. It's just a no brainer. Um, yeah, Cause you really like when you're trying to do shit yourself, you think you're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to save all this money, blah, blah, blah. But you're, you're, you're fucking wasting your time. You're, you're making all these mistakes that you're totally clueless about. Like you just don't know the mistakes you're making. And you think you're, you think you're saving money, but you're really just losing a lot of money and, and, Time is money and you're losing that time as well. So yeah, it's um, luckily I feel like recently the past couple of years, um, as you said, I've gotten a lot more clients who are just like, yeah, like just fucking download your brain into mine and I'll be good to go. And I'm like, that's exactly what we should be doing. But there's so many guys that just don't have that mentality and they just stay stuck forever. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what was your kind of, um, I guess, takeaways or, and also how you coach your, your students now when they're just getting into day game, you know, they need to get through their anxiety, make it a habit. What's your typical coaching process look like and how closely does that kind of mimic your journey? Yeah. So, um, it it very much is tailored to the individual. Like guys are going to have different problems. I try and look at it holistically. So, um, you know, I've got to kind of look at what they like, how they look, right. Their grooming and fashion needs to be on point. I have a fashion guy that I give you. Know, like, again, this is if they have the budget, right? I have a fashion guy. I send them to the fashion guy. He fucking makes them look shit hot, takes photos for them, put on Instagram and WhatsApp. Because obviously, as we know, even though we're kind of uh, mid-late 30s and the, the girls that we want to date and our clients want to date, they still want to be, you know, it's, it, it's more and more prevalent, the younger generation. So if they want to be banging 21-year-olds, right, and keep that going, they have to have an Instagram because otherwise the girl thinks you're a serial killer or you're married. It doesn't have to be a shit hot Instagram, just needs to be like, okay, right? To show you're a normal dude. Because they will stalk you on, on Instagram, women are detectives. 100% she'll stalk you. I have yep. a separate one. I have a, I've got, got a personal one and a, and a business one. So I've got oh, a nice. personal one that I give out if I need to to the girls and then the, the business is for business. Um, but yeah, we'll look at his fashion. We'll look at his grooming. I'll talk to him about his lifestyle. So very much kind of ripping stuff from, from one of the best dating books I've ever read. I think is one of the most holistic overall best approaches a book called uh, Models by Mark Manson. He mm-hmm. talks about building an attractive reality. The, as you mentioned as well, Robbie, the only real key to getting better at dating is fucking work on yourself, right? So yep. really mapping out, are, are they living an interesting lifestyle? What could they be doing differently? Make that lifestyle fun. Um, but particular emphasis, quick fixes on the fashion and grooming um, and also the fitness. Get, yep. you know, again, I've got a PT that I refer to, really good guy. And then with the actual day game stuff, turning up, and just kind of you're working at their own pace obviously pushing them a lot i teach them something called the london day game model which is essentially the, the, what i learned from the day game.com guys you open direct um you're going to riff and flirt and be playful uh talking about the girl based on maybe nationality or what she's wearing or, or what she does for a job uh, she's having a good time she feels good she wants the conversation to continue she asks your question that's you reaching the hook point or she crossed the legs 
And then you dial down that energy and have that kind of normal back and forth conversation, which we call the investment phase. And then you either go number or instant date. So it's a structured process, but within that structure that comes freedom, because obviously every conversation is different. I try and really talk to guys about the body language and how they sound as well. Because as we well know, emotional communication, 50% is purely body language. So are you, are you shoulders back? How's the eye contact? Are you able to smile with your eyes? Um, you know, are you, are you touching them? Are you speaking? Have you got a decent wide stance? Really adjusting their body, body language because a lot of them come in looking like Quasimodo, hunched over, shifty <laughs> eye contact. So we have, we have to are constantly adjusting their body language and then the way they speak as well. So clear, deep voice, you know, try and, try and cut out exactly as I did the fillers, the ums and the ahs, the you knows, the nondescript language. Focusing on that delivery, thinking about that, you know, those charismatic speakers, regardless of what you think of them as people or actually the content they deliver, Trump and Putin, they hold room, the whole, they hold the room, right? They can hold court, they've got presence because they, they speak do. in a very clear, charismatic way, right? And if you look at a lot of, you know, charismatic speakers, often their content is garbage. They're actually talking shit, but the way they're doing it is with complete conviction, right? So having that, that voice quality down, that body language down, those are two massive elements. And then obviously we give them the verbal structure as well, but really adjusting all three together holistically. Um, when they work, there's two ways for them to work with me. They can do an online course, the Approach Accelerator, which Investing Guy has massive social anxiety, I encourage them to do, which is a 10 week course, gets them going out, gradually uh, building up. So it starts with just compliments, but focus throughout the course on adjusting the body language, adjusting the voice quality. Um, there's videos of me demoing on a platform called Kajabi and they get released each week and they get to watch the content. They have a task list to follow and they're on a WhatsApp group with me and the, the other guys doing the program. Uh, it's a 10 week cycle. So there's up to 15 guys on the WhatsApp group with me and Les. We answer their questions 24 seven to hold them accountable. And then we give them a Zoom call every second week as well for 30 minutes for extra level accountability. And that's really good. The results we see these guys get is by week 10, they're approaching between 20 to 30 women it's taking around five to six hours and they're generating at least two new dates a week with new girls. And the reason we start them on that is then it's super low friction for them to do because they can do it from where they are. They live like somewhere like New York, Miami, London. It's perfect, big city, lots of volume. Um, and they become self-sufficient. What I taught for a long time was obviously just getting them for live training. COVID forced me to produce this product because lots of US and Australian guys, they couldn't travel to meet me, but they're like, Tusk, I can approach where I am. What can I do? So I was like, fuck it, I need to come up with something. So I downloaded seven years of content into my brain. I just thought, right, what's the most streamlined way to teach this? Get the guy from A to B as quickly as possible. Because the hardest part, as we all know, and the, the, the part guys least like is the approaching. But if you can fall in love with that process and get content with it, you know, the, the sky's the limit, right? In terms of the, the amount of women out there. The only limiting factor is time. There's fucking three, three billion women out there, right? Not all of them are valuable, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically we get them, we get them started on the 10 week program. Um, then if they want, they come for live training and it's great because they're already competent. There's no drop-off effect. So that was the issue with live training. They come out, they have a fantastic time with us and go back and I'd speak to them two weeks later or two months later and be like, Peter, how's it going? And they'd be like, oh, I haven't done anything. I'm like, what the fuck? So I was like, right, how do we solve this problem? Get themselves sufficient with the accelerator first where they live. Then they can come for live training. And the live training is basically based around the type of environment they want to go to and the girls they like. So if they like blonde hair, blue white girls, no brainer, come to Helsinki. If they like bitchy Russian tens, come to Moscow. If they like Mediterranean look, come to Greece, come to Turkey. So it's based around kind of the girl, the type of girls they like. And we basically go over them. You know, often it's me and a couple of trainers and two to one ratio of students. So if it's say me and two trainers, it'd be six students, get them to stay in a house together. 
bit of camaraderie. They have a fucking blast, you know, and yeah. then they go back again and carry on. So that's kind of how the process looks like. And I've switched what I used to teach, which is go out maybe three times a week and aim for 10, 10 approaches to try and do two or three approaches situation each day as you go around your everyday life. Like on, yeah. as you leave your house, consciously, consciously switch on on the way to the gym, take that approach. At the gym, take that approach. After the gym, take that approach. As you're walking to get a coffee, grab that approach. So situationally, two or three every fucking day. And then go out for a window of 60 to 90 minutes on either a Friday evening or a Saturday daytime when it's busy and hit between five to 10. And that way you're doing around a minimum of sort of 23 a week. I've, I've always said the bare minimum you need to be doing to play, to be playing the skill bit and the numbers game of this is 20 minimum each week. Yeah. And I think grading it in situationally, you know, frequently are the sum of our habits, right? I always use the gym analogy when guys are like, yeah, but why do you say every day two or three? Because think of the guy that goes to the gym, right? Is he going to be in better shape going out once a week, going to the gym once a week and spending four hours there? Or is the guy going to be better, in better shape fucking showing up 45 minutes every fucking day? It's a no-brainer, right? So oh. frequency, frequency. So that's been the main shift in what I've been doing over the last few years. Yeah, and what that does also is it, it kind of keeps you always warmed up. And, um, you know, most of the times that I can think back of, like, the really awesome chicks I met during day game, they were, like, the totally unexpected approaches, like, not in the area where I was, like, going out to approach. I'd be, like... Right you know, in some random fucking weird part of town because I was running an errand and I just saw this like amazing girl and, you know, just it was the first approach of the day. wasn't expecting to do it, but I was already warmed up from the consistency I had built, you know, taking time to go out and do it and making sure I was getting those reps in. And it's, it's always kind of those. And I think it's, I don't know, the universe rewards you for, uh, for being, you know, for basically like, being in state all the time because you're, you're putting that consistent action in. And that's, and that, those are, those are like the ones that you kick yourself if you don't do, you know, it's not that often that you see a girl who just like really, really gets you going, you know, just like your exact type, the situation's perfect. Like everything is just like giving you that green light and then you fucking pussy out. You don't do it because you don't have that consistency and you haven't done it in a while. Um, and uh, yeah, what you're describing really eliminates or it puts you in a better position to make that happen. Completely. And there's a, there's a book, uh, a guy called James Lee, he talks about habit building, atomic habits, right? And he talks about the ultimate habit changes starting from the inside, a bit like the Apple marketing strategies, you know, the Simon Sink thing, start with why, as opposed yeah. to the other way around. And this is really deep seats identity change. A lot of guys come in, they're more introverted. What we're talking about is being learning to be more extroverted, more to be learn to be more of an action taker, learn to be more emotionally and socially intelligent. And that starts with just speaking to more fucking human beings every day. I make a point every day when I leave the house, just try and banter with everyone. You know, the, the barista serving the coffee, anything else you like with your order. Yeah, I'll have a smile. Just get so going, you know, put a bit of value in. They smile, you feel good. Just answering with people because it's all about being playful and having social skills. And the more you use your social skills, the better you are at socializing. You can't be good at shit in life you don't do frequently. Like, I don't get these guys who just want to be day game gods and they turn up like once a week. And it's like, no, man, that's not, you're missing the fucking point. You've got to change who you are on a fundamental basis, right? You've got to become that kind of hero version of yourself. Um, so think about what, your, what your, your limiting beliefs are, what your fears with socializing are. Go and fucking hit those and, 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 and eliminate them and make it better. So when – I guess my question is, so like your lifestyle now, you're traveling around, um, you know, kind of staying in spots, I'm guessing, what, like three to four months, and then you'll kind of bounce to 
No, man. I mean, that's the plan for the for next year, but fuck, I'm, I'm far more frequent than that. I literally travel every week or two weeks, and I've been doing that for like three years. Oh, really? Just so really like of, jumping. Okay, so in terms of your dating life, it's got to be mostly just very casual shit, right? It's quite casual, but there's been a shift from um, what I used to do, which is basically just wanting to bang like loads, to yeah. what I really want to do is kind of build more non-exclusive relationships around the globe and actually see girls again, because there's certain cities I'll return to, right? Rio, Belgrade, um, Barcelona, London. And it's like, I, I actually prefer to have a girl that I you know, think is shit hot um, and I'm able to see again. And maybe she'll jet out to one of these places. Or maybe yeah, she'll come and visit me, right? So it's it's definitely changed. It used to be all about just bang, 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 kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And now it's changed to be more non-exclusive relationship building. And I think your priorities just shift. Say we've had this conversation as well on the chat that we did, but you want more of that emotional connection when you get older. I think, you know, for me, I got into this at 27 properly. First few years, absolutely just living that lifestyle. But the last few years, it's very been very much, don't get me wrong, I, I like to I like to have an insight, right? I'm more than happy to go home for one night. But what I like to do is actually try and screen for uh, maybe we can stay in touch, right? And she's going to come out and blah, blah, blah. So it definitely the priorities do shift as you get older with this. As you talked about, you absolutely need to go through that period of fast sex, seeing how fast the, guy, the car goes, fucking doing crazy shit. Because if you haven't done that, you can't reach this stage with any point of like, certainty about what you want you're going to kind of always be flipping back going, but what about the next girl fucking furiously a ridiculous expensive subscription Pornhub or whatever you're doing right <laughs> so yeah you need to go through that phase of just having lots of fun and lots of meaningless casual sex and you don't get sick of all the traveling so it is very emotionally draining um, but I, I, I think the main kind of maxim that I use in life is challenge yourself on a micro and a macro level so when I'm feeling a bit whiny or like a pussy I'm always just like fucking challenge myself <laughs> come on and I live a very fortunate lifestyle it's very easy isn't it because we live in such a soft world to get down on yourself and oh this is shit this is shit it's like the mindset I love is from a video called uh, Good by Jocko Willing and he basically just reframes everything to the positive like what, what's the positive we can take here and it's true like the only certainty we have in life is we're not getting out of this game alive we might as well try and enjoy every fucking minute of that and for me I've never got off on kind of gratitude stuff of like writing that stuff down like oh I have a great family it's more like fuck, I'm complaining about something in my head and I walk past, past like a fucking tramp dive on the street. I'm like, you know what? My life isn't fucking too bad. Shut the fuck up and get on with it. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question on a more, more of a longer term level, I'm actually going to switch to the model of doing what you suggested next mm -hmm. year, which is basically pick four places and stay in each place for three months and build more of that social circle element, and, you, know, you know, get to know the place. The reason I've been jumping around like a fucking crazy person is you have to, for me it was always about exploring all these different spots and then figure out the spots i would like to live in for right. say three months so definitely somewhere in brazil probably sao paulo maybe recife um i'd like to live in barcelona probably next year for three months and then it's like two other spots maybe moscow and then maybe spend three months in london maybe i don't know we'll have to see but that's kind of yeah i don't regret any yeah, of that's, it, but it is tiring that's very similar to to what i did there was like so many places that I wanted to go to and like experience the local culture and meet the women there. And it was like, it was really fucking like, it just felt like a crazy adventure. Um, you know, going to some of these places that I had, you know, seen in movies and TV and shit like that. But like, it's like when you're there, you kind of like pinch yourself. You're like, Holy shit. Like I'm actually like in Koh Samui, Thailand. They're like, I'm, I'm at the full moon party or half moon party, whatever. Or I'm like in Sydney, like that, I don't know, traveling for me gave me so much of a rush 
Um, it makes you a better person. And, and typically yeah. I resonate more with people in life that have traveled because you, you realize how kind of insignificant you are in the grand scheme of things in a positive way where you're like, fuck it, you know, let's just enjoy this. And you kind of, I guess you just let, you, you let the small things go a bit more when you learn to travel. You, you become a lot more humble. You see real poverty, real like yeah. pain that people have and you realize you're fucking lucky. So I just think it makes you a better person. It really um, does, yeah. It really does. Were there any spots you went to, Robbie, where, you know, people have built up before, like, and you were like, fuck, I'm going to go. And then you went there and you just thought, this is fucking garbage. Did you have any of those? Yeah, I'm trying to think which ones. Um, you know, a, a few of the places, I guess mostly in Asia, um, where, like, I went and I, I think it might be this, I'm just not that attracted to Asian women. So that's probably a big part of it where guys are like, oh, you got to go to Thailand. Bangkok's fucking amazing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't there for very long. Spent like maybe four or five days there and went to like the places. But I'm like, not a lot of hot girls here by my standards. Um, kind of a shithole. Like definitely if you want to go and have like a, you know, a hangover experience or, you know, bang hookers or do some shit like that, like more power to you. But for me, I had been to a lot of other places that were more right. like beaten path by then. So I was like, eh, it's just. It's kind of like amateur hour, cool place to go if you've never really gotten out. I know um, what you mean. I think Bangkok's an interesting one because I'm similar to you. I'm not into South, I'm not into Thai girls. Yeah. Um, but you, it is the most touristy city on the planet. So you do get up an influx of people from everywhere. I mean, there's quite a few Russians there, obviously, living in, in Phuket. The menus are in Russian and Thai. There's so, so many Russians, not even English. So oh, the, yeah. there, are, there are quite a... You know, there is something for everyone in Bangkok and, and Thailand in general. You do, even if you're not into Thai women, it's quite a good place to go, in my opinion, to learn this stuff because you are going to find people from all over the world, all there for a good time, not a long time. So you right. can have some fun. Well, I like them. I like the islands a lot more. Um, Koh Samui, I love, man. That's Koh literally Koh one of my favorite places. Koh PP was cool off of Phuket. Um, and yeah, you get so, like, even though if you're not into Thai girls, and some Thai girls are cute, but there's so many Russian girls, there's so many Eastern European girls, South American girls, it's, it's totally like, you know, tourist central. But those places, um, you know, your fashion is how good a shape you're in. And the competition's pretty high. Um, you know, there's there's lots of good looking dudes who are buff and like, you know, guys that look like you basically. So like, if you go there and you're like, oh, I'm gonna clean up, like you, you gotta bring a solid game because there's like a lot of, of, of good dudes. Well, it's the same. It's the same everywhere, isn't it? I mean, people all think, "Oh, look, don't get me wrong. You can leverage up your value, right? If you, as an English guy, go, British guy within a game, you go to Brazil. I'd say you can punch two points above what you could do in, say, London, because uh, yeah. you have that basic sexual market of economics to put yourself in a place where you're the scarce asset and women, you know, want it, right? Right. Um, and then, obviously, if you go to a party like you were talking about in, say, Rio, where, where it's like seventy percent women, thirty percent guys, it's even better. But there is no such thing. You can leverage up your value a bit, but you've still got to have game. Like women, are it doesn't matter where you're fucking from. You've got to have value. When you when you go up to that girl, you're going to exchange value chips. She's just going to kind of see into your soul. You have to have done the hard graph. You have to have done the work. You have to be living a cool life. You have to be a high value guy. There's no shortcut to any of this. And guys that kind of charge around like a mess with me going, where's the secret location? Like, you have to, the guy hasn't really got it. He hasn't really yeah. got it. I call it a home game and away game. And if you, like if, if your home game is no good, if you can't succeed in the environment, you know, where you, where you live, um, that either means your environment's just like horribly shitty. Like you live in fucking, you know, some no name town in Montana and there's just no women or they're all without teeth. Uh, then you got to move, but you got to be able to succeed. Like if you're American, you should be succeeding in the U S whether that means you got to move to a big city 
right. but succeed there first and then, you know, jump around the globe and try it elsewhere. But like, if, if you, th- there's a lot of these guys, these, like, I call them these sex tourist expat losers here in Kiev, for example, there's, they're like out of shape, um, just dorky fucks from the U S who think they can move here to Kiev and, and do well. Um, and they all get here and they have like, you know, they're on Tinder in their suit, um, you know, taking girls out on dates, buying them flowers. And you know, oh, spending, no, man. they're like, oh, I'm spending way less money, you know, in Kiev because everything's three times cheaper than, than in the U.S. I'm like, yeah, but like <laughs> and they think they're doing better just because the girls are a little bit, you know, cuter over here because they're not fat. But they're just completely just completely backwards and they're getting hosed by these girls. They're getting taken they're getting scammed left and right. And they think they're not. That's the kind of the sad thing. You know, they're yeah. going on Tinder dates. The big scam over here is girls will take you on a Tinder date. And they'll right. be like, oh, I really want to go to this restaurant. So the girl takes you to the restaurant and they're getting like 10, 10 to 20% of the check um, cash back in their pocket. And they flirt with the guy yeah, and the guy thinks they're having a good time. Um, you know, they spend, they spend 200 bucks on dinner. She pockets, you know, 20 to 40, which is a decent amount of money. Um, for a girl in Kiev, and then she doesn't see him again, of course. And he's he's like, oh well, I have twenty dates this week, but you know, didn't didn't bang any of them. Cool, that's, cool story, bro. That's hilarious. <laughs> I guess at least they're not doing the uh, the standard Turkish procedure, which is like a pack of ten Turkish guys chasing this Ukrainian girl oh my God. as she goes wearing her high heels. Um, maybe just to go back to your earlier point, I do feel for guys. My three dud countries that I, I think are quite hard to game in, in my experience and taking students there, are Germany, Romania, and Denmark. So oh, if, yeah. if you're watching this, guys, and you are there, my heart goes out to you because it is a, it is a bit harder. In, in I have so many clients from, from Germany, and they all they do is complain about Germany, how tough it is. And yeah, I, I mean, again, though, it's, it's, it's the whole thing of, like, you know, control your circumstances as a man. And, and if we are, we are, you're the old FDR thing. It's not prisoners. We're not, we're not prisoners of fate, prisoners of their own mind. So, yes, I get it. It's okay. Same with me, right? But if a guy is repeatedly complaining about place, I'm like, okay, so why don't you fucking move? You live right. in a time where you have the most opportunity to go anywhere. In fact, coronavirus has forced the hand of many a man. And you, and you, you literally can work remote now, even if you still work for a fucking corporation. So there's no excuse not to fucking have a think about this. I recommend guys check out that Jordan piece and self-authoring thing, future self-authoring thing. Again, I've got no affiliation to them, but I think it's really useful just to kind of write down what you actually want and then put that into practice. Because most yeah, of us have never done that. We just kind of drift through life, right? Yeah. So that will help you. But yeah, there's no excuse. You know, you live in a day and age where you can go anywhere you want on a plane within 12, 24 hours and you can live anywhere you want. So it's up to you. And that's that whole, again, linking back to that whole, let's not whine about life. Let's just fucking get on with it and make the best of it. And I, I think the just day game and approaching women is kind of like a rite of passage. It certainly was for me. Um, like I had never really done anything in life that kind of scared the shit out of me until I started approaching women. And same with me. I fucking shat myself. It's one of yeah. the most scary things you can do, isn't it? It's like, oh, no. It, it's terrifying. Like, and, and I've worked with fucking, like, you know, dudes in the military, um, yeah. army rangers, like yeah. some of the badass motherfuckers. And those are the guys that actually have a, the most approach anxiety a lot of the time. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're like, I would rather go into fucking battle and face bullets then talk to this girl. Completely. And these are masculine fucking Jack dudes who like, if you just get them to go and say hi, like the girls will love them, but they have so much anxiety most of the time. Um, 
think it's an ego thing, isn't it? It might be linked to like an ego thing because they're like these macho masculine guys, right? But it's like, ooh, can you kind of compartmentalize that and realize you're not alpha in this sense? Because I, I had that issue. A lot of CEOs of companies, not a lot, but some of them have a real problem taking advice because they're alpha in their, their day-to-day life, right? They're bossing around 200 people and they've got right. people fucking kowtowing to them and it's like, okay, you're not alpha in this. And they can't get that. You can't, they can't separate it, do that ego separation thing. So maybe yeah, it, it, I saw that to like the fucking billionth degree running all of the, uh, the Playboy parties because you get these high net worth CEO type individuals and they're coming into a party and like the last thing they're going to do is, is admit that they want dating advice um, or need any coaching. And they're not there for that. Obviously, they're there to like party with Playboy models and they get into those environments. And they just fucking strike out left and right. Really? Because they're, you know, they're, they're, they've got these egos, but then when they start talking to the chicks, they like, they almost put on a mask and become these like nice guy, pathetic losers. Um, or they're like, you know, let, let me help you with this. Like, like, just fucking cringy shit. Like they're so cringy and they're so rich. And if you try to tell them anything, they're just like, I got this. I'm like, all right, I'll just, you know, and then they're like, dude, how do you fuck all the girls? Like, cause I'm not a fucking cringy asshole like you, but you have too big of an ego to see that. And, um, that's, that's how a lot of guys, I feel like, you know, they never improve because they, they build up that, that alphaness in one area, but then they don't have the humbleness to be like, you know, maybe I could use some improvement in the social skills area. I completely agree. And, and some of the best guys that I work with um, that, I, that get laid like absolute rock stars from Cold Approach um, who aren't online, but I give to clients. Um, there's one guy in particular called Kofi, uh, who used to be a lawyer, and then he was like, he had a, he he actually had one of the friends in common with me who died, and uh, he basically just fucking it's not a healthy lifestyle for anyone else, but for him, very chilled dude. He just approaches like 100 women a day every fucking day, and he's very zen. He's very chilled. He's into his meditation in really good shape. He's brilliant for clients with a hardcore approach anxiety. But he's a he's a great example. His mindset is I can all he can I can always learn. Right? He literally his mindset is super humble never brags and he's always I'm, I'm noticing him with anyone he's really listening to them and just taking an info because he's always like i can get better and so yeah. the guys that i see that are best at this are those humble kind of they see life as a journey of, of learning and you're never complete and you can always 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 in every fucking facet get better and it's, it's very much that humble mentality and that's why um i really yeah i, I mean i don't want to slag people off and all the main names but that's why i you know i don't even consider my i definitely don't consider myself a pickup artist 100% that's fucking cheesy as fuck. I don't really even consider myself a dating coach. I'm more consider myself a guy who's living a particular lifestyle and, and kind of helps guys do the same. Um, but I hate this kind of, this, this stuff in the industry that people just think they're fucking demigods for talking to women. So right. fucking shut the fuck up, man. It's ridiculous. Stop, st- stop strutting around a fucking conference room like having all these guys worship. It's fucking bullshit. Oh my God. I hate that ego shit that comes in. Yeah. Right? It's just fucking nonsense. Yeah, it's, it's you, you have it in kind of, you, you wouldn't think you would have it in something as lame as like a pickup artist, like fucking tribe, but it's like, even those guys, it's, it's so bad. No, especially those guys, right? It's the blind leading the bar. Especially. Because the, the, especially. Re- the reason they're fucking like that is yeah. because they're, they're, they were fucking losers in school and they use the pickup thing to kind of master that, but they haven't done actually the hard work of fucking working on themselves as humans. They haven't prioritized their own development and they yeah. use it as, you know, I've, I've met a lot of the big names, should we say, a man, 99% of them, it's like a Scottish court. It's like guilty until proven innocent. They're fucking clowns. I'm, I'm never impressed. 
I'm never impressed with any of, of any of those guys. Like, well, as soon as a guy comes up to you, right, and the first thing he goes, before I even say my name, or I say, hey, I'm James, he's like, hey, my leg count's a thousand. Oh, I know man. his leg count is not a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. We don't feel the need to talk about shit we're actually bossing in life, right? People do that yeah. talking for us, or you kind of, hum, people humbly get it out of you. It's like you, you've had some very cool experiences, but what I liked about you is, you know, from the second, you, you know, we, we kind of started chatting, you, you're super humble. And I really respect that, you know, and that's, that's, I think, a lost art in life. People are too braggy. They're too bullshitty. Like, fuck off. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. I felt that same vibe from you right off the bat, too. And I, I actually interviewed a guy on the podcast. Um, he hit me up on TikTok. He had like 600,000 followers or something. And fuck, he, was like, um, he was like, I'm a dating coach, blah, blah, blah. I interviewed him the other day. And holy shit, this motherfucker was the biggest narcissist I've ever talked to. I, I probably said three words the entire interview. And all he, he, he repeated himself by saying, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like every, t- every 10 seconds, but he was just really good looking, really fucking like fast talking. And it was just a giant sales pitch for like an hour. I got this product. And I got this product. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't even know if I can publish this fucking interview. Um, what, and, what, what begs the question, how did he get 600,000 subscribers? Well, it, it you know, the, the thing that I see, especially on social media, um, and I, I always kind of forget this because it's just not a lifestyle I live, but there's so many fucking losers hanging out on social media and doing absolutely nothing with their lives. Um, and they'll follow anyone who just yells really loud and, and kind of tells them what to do. Um, and like, he's just basically, he's like a hot chick who's a dude who just, you know, he's very full of himself. He's just such a fucking narcissist and, and wow. just bragging, bragging, bragging. And people like that, you know, like so often I see on social media, just these fucking raging narcissistic assholes, zero modesty, zero fucking social awareness. Like I would kick them out of any party because it's like, who is this fucking loser who's just so about himself? And it's so cringy to people that have like actually good social skills. But most of the time, these people like they, they've got a, a crazy kind of follower count. Um, and I saw this a lot at the parties that I was doing and just kind of rubbing shoulders with, with interesting people coming in. A lot of the time, the people who are the most popular, um, a lot of like met a lot of celebrities kind of doing that shit I was doing. They're like horrible to hang out with. Like you Man. just can't fucking stand hanging out with some of these celebrities. Cause they just literally only talk about themselves. Um, you can't mm. get a word in. They're just making jokes or horrible jokes. And, and it's just like, they're, they're trying to put on a show every second. And you're like, dude, can't you just be Relax. authentic for a second? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> take an interest in something like drop the armor. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It may, maybe there's something to be said for they got themselves into that position. Cause it, it is kind of like the, the them show. Right. Exactly. So I guess there could be something to be said for kind of getting to that level with that attitude. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was sucked hanging around with him. I actually met Will Ferrell, you know, the guy oh, yeah. who does all the comedy stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I, met, yeah. I met him outside a tube station in, uh, in London. And he didn't, I was like, hey, man, uh, nice to meet you. I've seen, seen a few of your films. And he didn't, it was weird because he didn't know how to act. He didn't know, I'm, you know, he doesn't know who I am, anything like that. But he was like, oh, hey. And they did this weird kind of eye movement. I was like, is he in character? Or is he just, <laughs> it was really odd, man. And he just uh, sort of wobbled off down the street. I was like, is that how he acts normally? Is he just acting normally in his movies? Or has he got so far deep that he just thinks he has to clown around? The- it was really bizarre. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. He, went to, he went to high school close to me. 
um, I mean, he's, he's a bit older than me, but a lot of the, a lot of my buddies like went to his high school and he would come and give talks there. Right. Uh, so yeah, we kind of went on a, off on a tangent there, but that, that was a, that was a, <laughs> sorry if I went on my soapbox of raging on narcissist. I spent too much time at Burning Man, which is a, I call it burning money where they burn the narcissist man. Cause like when you're in that environment, um, it's just so funny how many just assholes you run into. It's, a, it's an amazing event. Really? Um, but it, it, it's, it's basically just like the world's rich that have nothing to do. Um, so they go and party in the desert for like a week. Um, Would you recommend it or not? Yes, highly recommend it. Um, right. I went twice. Um, I'd like to go back. But since I moved to, I went in 2016, 2017. And then I moved to Ukraine in 2018. Since I've lived out here, it's just kind of been a bit of a headache to try to get back there. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's an amazing experience you just meet some of the most like obviously any any event that filters for people that you know can take off a week of their life and go party in the desert and essentially like bring enough food and water and shit to be completely self-sustaining like it filters for an interesting you know type of person of course um but you meet just some of the the weirdest <laughs> and really? most fucked up people you meet the most amazing people and just the worst humans um the whole spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but we were talking before and it was um, an interesting point. We were talking about how like both of us, like day game was kind of like the first shit that we did that really kind of scared us. Right. And after I remember kind of getting over my fear of, of women, I think it really started like, I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur prior to that. I never thought I could start a business. I never thought I could really do fucking anything. But after I tackled the approaching women thing, like, the rest of stuff seemed a bit easy. And there was just not a lot of friction to doing it. Whereas before that, I had all these stories about myself. I was like, I'm not a salesman. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Like, just these, all these limiting beliefs. And mm. I, did, I don't know if I've even really thought about it until this conversation, but like kind of those all just kind of magically disappeared after I became like sufficient at approaching women. And so guys will ask me all the time. I'm sure they ask you too, like, you know, how do you get the courage to like start a fucking business or how do you become a digital nomad and quit your job and like travel around the world? It's like, well, you just fucking do it. But that just fucking doing it part happened for me after doing the thing that was harder, which was just talking to girls. Yeah, I think there's two points touch on here. The, the first one is, I think Torero said it, but game is a Trojan horse. And it's basically once you conquer your fear of approaching women sober, you realize, fuck, that is most men's greatest fear. Putting themselves on the line like that, really. And once you learn to do that, you, you're like, fuck, what else is possible in this, in this, in this life we have? Um, and the second thing is that uh, Mark Manson talks about it. And he talks about this... Uh, you know, a lot of people think passion, uh, action stems from passion. So you're really passionate about some idea and you take the action, but it actually doesn't. It stems from the other way around. You, you don't feel like doing the thing you know you need to do. You take the fucking action and, you, and then you feel okay about it. And then passion stems from that. So you never feel like you want to do that one thing. And he's like, fuck your fucking feelings. You know what the right thing to do is just do that thing and then you'll get through it, right? So it's like going out on a micro level day game. I never wake up going, I really want to go and talk to some strangers today, but I know it's the right action. And I know once I've done it a few times, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to feel sociable. I'll have, have some more options, right? So I always just fucking do it. I know the right course of action. Fuck my feelings. I force myself into it. 
And then from that, the passion flows. And you can do that on both a micro and a macro level. Totally. I love that fuck your feelings quote. I'm a big yeah. Mark fan. Um, yeah, he's great, man. He was well ahead of his time, wasn't he? That book, I mean, it stands out as one of the best. I mean, he's not even a fucking dating coach guy anymore. He does his other stuff. But honestly, it's one of the most holistically well-rounded, like, attempts at make writing a dating book I've ever read. Like, obviously, there's other shit I recommend. Like, it is important to understand red pill theory, so rational well. And there's some six years of challenge ebooks. Um, Torero's podcasts are good um, mm-hmm. for inspiration. But yeah, his, his book as an overall is brilliant. It's really healthy, like his approach he takes. Um, yeah, so the, there's the subtle art of not giving a, fu- a fuck. And then the, uh, the second one, I forget the name, but I, l- I actually like the second one better. Um, Interesting. Yeah, um, something like everything, everything's fucked. Everything is fucked. Yeah, everything is fucked. Right. That one? Yeah, and I love that quote about the coffee. Like, this is what I would write on the Starbucks cup or something. He's like, everyone you know is going to fucking die. Blah, 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 blah. Existential right. rant. Yeah, enjoy <laughs> your fucking coffee. Something like that. Well, I'll, I'll whip up the quote and we'll read it out. Yeah. Uh, I'll find it. I'll find it. There's that one part in the book where he talks about the clown car. You remember that? Where, where you got the, uh, the driver who's like your emotional brain and then you got the passenger who's your logical brain. Right. And you think your logical brain's in charge of the car. But he's actually just sitting there as a navigator, and the emotional brain is driving the car, and that motherfucker's right. a clown. That motherfucker is insane, and he's in control the whole time. It's really your emotions driving most of what you do when we use logic to, you know, to back up those emotions. But Man, uh, it, it drives everything we do. Right? Yeah. Emo- we're, we're emotional creatures. Everything we do is based on emotion. Um, and the uh, and the point you made earlier, which is. You know, but if, if you listen to your emotions all the time, you never fucking do anything. Like if you let your emotions always run you, which is, oh, I don't feel like approaching today. Uh, she's, you know, she doesn't look friendly. Uh, I haven't, you know, had a good breakfast. Uh, excuse, excuse, excuse. You're never going to fucking approach. Um, but if you listen to that other voice, which is like, no, I just need to fucking do it and fuck my feelings and shut the fuck up. Then you end up having the good emotions after you do it. You feel great. You want to do it more. You're inspired. Um, and, uh, and you're growing, but, but yeah, that's, that's the bitch of it. And I, I work with so many clients in in the, you know, in the beginning stages when they're like, Oh, I just don't see how I'll ever like to approach. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like every single guy I know that approaches loves it. (laughs) You have to flip that mindset and just be like, you win or you won't learn. And every conversation you get into just, just enjoy the the process of being sociable because we always feel better from being sociable. Uh, you know, re- rejection about the regret from the, from the rational well. If you see 10 women, you know you should approach them, you don't approach them, you, you fucking think about those women the whole day. If I go and approach those 10 girls, even if I get blown out, I still feel better about it because I took the fucking action. That was really the point. It was never actually about the women. It was about me taking the action. This is the quote. So he said, if I worked in Starbucks, instead of writing people's names on their coffee cup, I'd write follow. One day, you and everyone you will love will die and be on a small group of people for an extremely brief period of time Little of what you say or do will ever matter. This is the uncomfortable truth of life. And everything you think or do is but an elaborate avoidance of it. We are inconsequential cosmic dust bumping and milling about on a tiny blue speck. We imagine our own importance. We invent our own purpose. We are nothing. Enjoy your fucking coffee. <laughs> imagine that. I, just thought, I, I mean, I'd, I'd keep it. I'd find it inspiring. I'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be like, fuck this. Like, that's great. Yeah, that's the ugly truth, but. It's uh, no, that's, that's amazing. I totally forgot about that quote. <laughs> it's really good. Really good. Big fan of it. So in terms of uh, kind of your plans this year, I know you were thinking about, you know, running some events, uh, 
coming to Eastern Europe. Um, well, I'd love to collaborate with you on a bootcamp, man. If we can go somewhere cool like Dnipro or somewhere random like one of the third or Lviv or even Kharkov, Kharkiv. Yeah. And do some yeah, like one-off uh, random event like where we get like say four guys and whatever it is and then we do four hours training with them a day all action-based and just fucking go out and have a beer with them afterwards. I think that'd be a cool thing to do. So Ukraine, I mean, I'll probably I'll time it in for around Russia when I'll be over towards you. Maybe maybe late May, maybe June because I'm going to be in Russia July. Mm-hmm. Um I'm looking forward actually to Sochi. So it's kind of the Russian Ibiza. My friend who's English lives there. He speaks Russian, but he, when he went last year, he literally was the only foreign guy there. And he made a right. deliberate point of standing at the bar and speaking in a loud English accent. And it was like beast the fucking, you know, honey. Because again, it's this sexual market economics. You're the only English dude, right? So Sochi will be an interesting one. And the quality. Oof, he sent me some videos of, you know, the girls in the bars. And it was just lit like a fucking... Victoria's Secrets lineup. I mean, it was just yeah, high high end, high end. So that that'd be fun. I'm looking forward to going back to Helsinki. I've got a real love for that place. Um, I usually take guys for Flow Festival. There's this big music festival in the centre of Helsinki, and basically everyone just stands around drinking all day. The Finns love a drink, as as we all know. They love practicing their English. There's a lot of hot women there. Long hair, blue eyes. If you're into that, and they're extremely promiscuous. I would never play the question game and ask a Finnish girl what her sausage count is. <laughs> um, unless you enjoy the thought of uh, really getting made airtight by lots of men. Um, There's something about the Finnish, Finnish women and just that the culture, because it's kind of like this hybrid between Scandinavia and a lot of Russian influence, right? European influence. And um, yeah, I love Finns. I, I haven't spent much time in Helsinki, but I've met a ton of Finnish people in New York. And it's so fun. You've got to go over one day because it's just, they get absolutely hammered and they love like drunken karaoke and they love sitting in saunas naked and they're just fucking weird and quirky but they're really <laughs> friendly and it's the least scat touristy of the scandinavian country so they love they're all like what are you doing here they love practicing english as, as i said it's great for beginner guys who have anxiety because they're super friendly super yeah. outgoing there's no harsh blowouts at all um the scandies in general to be fair are fucking promiscuous i think it might be to do with the cold weather but yeah. you go to norway you go to stockholm and Again, you don't want to play the question game with women because they've had some like crazy, crazy like body counts. Like I'm just like fucking hell. You make me look like Mother Teresa, and this is like 21 year old girls. I'm like fucking hell. Like, oh what? yeah, they're, yeah, they're crazy. The very sexual culture, and and you know they'll put, they'll fuck you before they hold your hand over there. So it is it is like that. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to checking out some new spots as well. I'm going to be in uh, Tbilisi, Lake May, capital of Georgia. Oh, uh, you'll love. You'll love Did you, Belize. Did you um, go? Yeah, I've been. Um, it's it's an amazing fucking city. It, it's like you're in a, a fairy tale when you go there. They're like beautiful castles. The food's unbelievable. Georgian food is like the best food. You know? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. What are, what are the girls like? Are they, are they hot or are they not hot? You know, Georgian girls aren't notoriously hot. Um, they're a little bit, I don't know. They're, 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 they're kind of like mafia. Um, you know, they're like they're fucking tough. They're cool, um, and Belisi has some of the coolest like underground parties. Like they've got I've a heard really that man. I saw a couple of Vice documentaries, and it looked amazing. Like yeah. crazy, crazy parties. I mean, they're beautiful. On average, they're not as hot as like Ukrainians or Russians, but right. you know, definitely not bad. Um, and there's some of the coolest fucking places there. Like these these hotels. There's one place called uh, Rooms. Um, amazing, uh, really cool parties there. Uh, also great skiing about an hour outside of Belize. Um, so like, and, and the, the prices are 
are unbelievable too. So awesome digital nomad spot to, to check out. And spend. Crazy cheap. Did you go to Batumi Beach as well or just to Belize? I didn't go to Batumi, but I've heard good things. Yeah, it's kind of their version of like, I guess, the party, like, you know, Odessa. So that would be cool. Um, where else am I looking forward to? Uh, Barcelona, man, I've got a real love for that city. I don't particularly find Spanish girls attractive, but, you know, I think it's a brilliant place for, for, for just, a, just, it's a very cool atmosphere, very touristy. So looking forward to going back. I'm looking forward to, to going back to Serbia as well. I want to go yeah. back and spend some time in Belgrade. I absolutely love that place. I love really, Belgrade really cool. too. Such a cool place. Yeah. Such a, overall, such a good place to, to practice day game because when you, you factor in all the kind of things, like cost of like Airbnb is like, you can get a fucking sick apartment for like 18 US and I ride by, by Nez Mihal over like the main day game bit. Um, yeah. The women are fucking smoking hot. They speak perfect English. They're open to meeting foreign men. The weather is fucking good. Everything's cheap. When you factor in all those things, it's like one of the world's best day game cities. Um, sure. It's brilliant. So looking forward to going back there. I haven't been there for a couple of years. Yeah, I used to run boot camps out of Belgrade. Um, and, uh, you know, now I do most of my events here in Kiev. Um, but I only, I only work with pretty advanced guys because coming to Kiev, um, if you don't have like a pretty decent game, you're, it, it's going to be, I mean, you're still going to think you did better than wherever you were because the girls are, are hot and you're going to get kind of like, you'll have like your Kiev goggles on. Um, but if, if you're good, you're going to go it's going to make a huge difference here because the girls here are fucking good. Like the, the Ukrainian women are like human lie detectors. They do not like nothing gets past them. And, and they're all like extremely savvy when it comes to dating. So, you know, you're, you think you're gaming them. They're typically gaming you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's more of an advanced place, isn't it? And, and dare I say it, has it become slightly oversaturated probably with, with people thinking it's kind of a, a pickup paradise and you get a lot of PUAs and, and weirdos. You get a lot of, you get a lot of PUAs, but they're so fucking bad. Um, most of the guys that come here and a lot of the guys that run boot camps here, they're terrible. Really? And, and it really hasn't affected the overall sort of thing. Like, you know, some, some cities you kind of feel like get like burned out from pickup, like Budapest, I felt like that kind of happened with. Mass, massively agree. And even Serbia to some degree because of Belgrade has that one street, right? So you see a lot of these clowns charging up and down there. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. You see, you see it here too on Krishatik. There's like the main street. But there's, there's lots of other places that the pickup artist guys don't know to go to. Right. And so, yeah, that street, like you can still do okay there. And there's there's a lot of people traffic, obviously, but there's so many fucking idiotic PUAs running around there um that it's just you know not a great place to approach because of that but luckily kiev's pretty big um so it hasn't gotten it, it hasn't gotten destroyed like yet like budapest hopefully it remains i think the girls here are pretty savvy like they they know there's pickup artists here and they just kind of like laugh about it like oh pickup artists oh yeah cool story yeah i mean it's it's again it's like you still have that value you still have to know what you're doing so i guys always guys do get worried about that i'm gonna look if you go to a club a hot girl's going to get hit on 30 times in a row. It doesn't mean you can't go home with her as the 31st guy, right? But there is that element of, yeah, if there's just one street and these clowns charging up and down it, women are just like, for fuck's sake, and it, it does make it a bit harder. But yeah, there's plenty of other cities, right? I'm a big fan of Kharkiv. Some of the best nights out I've ever had have been to going up to like random student nights there. And it's like, oh yeah, fucking smoking on 21 year old Ukrainians who want to practice their English. You're the only foreign dude in the club. It's like, fuck this. This is amazing. Totally. Yeah, we should definitely do something um Dnipro could be cool Kharkiv could be cool 
Um, Lviv even. I think they've got like a book festival or something that runs. Maybe like that's going to bring in some people. Where? Lviv, you said? Yeah, I think so. Lviv, yeah. Lviv's good. Um, yeah, they're kind of like the, the second tier Ukrainian cities. Um, you know, there are, I visited most of them. Like you got Kiev and Odessa, which are like the bigger cities. Um, but all the like Kharkiv, Lviv, uh, Kherson, Nikolaev, like all those cities are, they're cool. They've got enough of a central downtown, people walking around. Right. Uh, you know, there's tons of girls and if you speak English, they'll, they'll typically, you know, want to practice. And, and how's your Russian, Robbie? Now you're a local. Uh, it's, it's, it's coming along. I've been taking lessons for about two years, a year and a half. You, like, you must be okay like, in like conversation. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, I can hold a conversation. Maybe That's like a need, that's yeah. all you fucking need. It's not like you need to write business Ukrainian, right? You're not sending totally. a fucking telegram or a fax. Like, fuck that. Yeah, and, and you don't really need to know Russian here to... You're fine. Like, because the, the girls that you want to meet anyway speak English. The ones who right. speak zero English are usually, like, you know, not very well educated and and not going to be that interesting to date. You know, maybe you can bang them, whatever. But, you know, whatever. It's It's just not going to be, like anything worth your time so right that makes sense but yeah man let's uh let's definitely you know put the word out about collaborating so everyone listening to this um yeah you know, me, and Rob, me and robbie will thrash out some dates and then we can post uh post the, the dates on both our channels i'll put the word out but i'm, I'm sure it'd be cool man we can we can be quite selective and because you know ideally with me as well the, like, the best boot camps i run are the guys that turn up and they're just cool like cool guys yeah you know just normal men and so totally. the sort of, sort of guys you wouldn't be embarrassed by just having a beer with, right? And taking out just sort of friendly most. Um, yeah, that's the guys. my job because the, the, all the clients I get recently, they're all just like cool dudes I'd want to well, hang out with. That's it. And I think, I think you know, you're similar to me. You're a very down-to-earth, humble guy. Um, and I think you get back what you put out in life. And if, you know, if the content we put out is trying to normalize all this shit, which it should be, it should be as a 21st century man, if you can't speak to that other human being who happens to have tits, it's an issue of self-respect. It's not yeah. weird. It's actually more normal once you learn cold, cold approach to be cold approaching because rather than hiding behind a fucking fake profile getting hammered in a club, it's more normal as a human being to see another human sober and say, yes, hello, I would like to meet you. Totally. Because, but you have to kind of get into this and learn this stuff to realize that I was the weirdo for not doing that, right? So it's not about being some weird pickup guy with your three magic tricks and your floppy wand. It's about just being a normal dude who can talk to other human beings. And so because we kind of put that message out, Lo and behold, most of the guys we get in, and there's always a few weirdos that sneak through them out, obviously, but most of the guys that come in, they're just normal dudes, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty of our job. We get to work with cool people. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, man, it'd be great. And uh, that's so true. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it kind of comes full circle once you, because like, it's, it's really just the anxiety, you know, for most guys where they're like, oh, I don't know how to talk to girls. And they end up acting weird. So until they go through that, you know, that process of, facing rejection, doing it a bunch of times and realizing, okay, this isn't a big deal. It's just two fucking humans talking. If she doesn't like me, she doesn't like me. Like, cool. It doesn't fucking matter. Who gives a yeah. shit? Like, um, but it's also realizing, I think a lot of guys, we're so lucky now with the internet because a lot of guys, you know, back in the old days, it was like, am I the weirdo? Because I don't want to fucking get married at 30 and all my friends are getting married. And my parents are pressuring me to get married. And it's like, thank God we can put out this message and say to guys, hey, you're not weird. It's okay to look to one of your own life in your own terms get in touch with us. We can put you in touch with other cool men because historically, obviously, you can't drag that group of guys you're friends with uh, with school into this. It doesn't work. You have to find new people. You know, so a lot of my job is just connecting people around the world and, you know, they're like, fuck, this is cool. I can do what I want. 
Most of the guys that go through my programs, you know, I, I tell them this in the beginning and never, they never sign up for this reason, but I'm like, you know, you're going to learn this shit. You're going to get over rejection, meet some cool girls. But the most valuable thing you'll probably get is the relationships you're going to build with these other guys that are on the same journey. And those relationships, you'll start fucking jobs with them. You'll start companies. They'll be your wingmen for life, best friends, like, and that doesn't sell programs, but they all say that at the end. Um, Cause yeah, like that's, it's just a journey you're going through and you go through with like-minded dudes. You're, you know, you're going to be having a lot of fun along the way. Totally. And actually just as a, an aside to what you said about getting over that anxiety, there was a brilliant kind of tongue in cheek quote from Russell Brands, who's obviously, you know, a fucking absolute, you know, swordsman. God knows how many women he's, he's fucking had, but actually one of the best ever for guys that want to see proper frame control and bossing it. Watch this interview he did. Just Google, go on YouTube and type in Morning Joe Russell Brand, and he literally just destroys this panel of people who are trying to like cut into him. I've never seen anyone boss a room in quite that way. So I'll send you a link. To it. Have you seen it, Robbie? If you haven't, no, I, I might have. I've seen a lot of his shit. He's, he's a fucking genius. Yeah, I'll send you a link to it. But he's, he's very verbally like, he's quick on his feet. Obviously, he's got a kind of celebrity thing going on. But so there's a bit of that element. But you know, the, man, the man gets through a lot. But anyway, GQ in, in his prime. They asked him for some pickup tips and one of the, his last one he, he's got written down here is really good. So this is what Russell Brand says. He goes, be confident. Know who you are and what you are and what you want. See the beauty in other people. It's alluring for women that their beauty is being appreciated, but don't be afraid of their beauty. We're all just lumps of nature wandering around waiting to die. I mean, it's, it's a brilliant, uh, it's a brilliant thing to say, right? It sums it up in a nutshell. It doesn't matter how fucking hot she is. She's the fucking human being. She's been born that way. She hasn't earned it. She just got produced in, you know, certain cells went together and then she acts accordingly because guys either go like that or they're like, oh, I'm not going to speak to her. And so she forms her own value in her head. But she's just a fucking human being, right? She's got the same hopes, fears, insecurities, a lot of insecurities as we all do. Don't don't be afraid of it. Just just go for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so true that guys like they look at her and like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. She must do this. She must do that. But you get rejected by enough of those girls, you stop giving a fuck. And, and also, and, and conversely, you have success with enough of those girls, you stop giving a fuck. Yep. And you realize again, it circles back to you. What do I want from this short existence on planet Earth? Women should always be the aside. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but as that man, you need to be on your fucking hero's journey. You need to map out that fucking thing you love in life or those things you love in life and go off that unashamedly. And women will come along and be part of that journey, but fuck, they'll respect you more, more, more as a man if you understand that, that this is your life and your reality. And they want to be a side of that reality. They don't want to be the main focus of that reality. Right. Yeah. Which is ironic, considering we teach pickup or day game, but that's not the point. As, as I said before, this is, you know, our, our actual, you know, raising detra for, for at least this part of our lives to give value. Obviously, we're doing this shit on the side. Well, you know, I'm approaching a lot. I know you kind of change your perspectives. You've got a long-term girl now, but... Yeah, we, 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 I'm still going through this process and you fucking went through this process. So, yeah, you, I think, yeah, the more we kind of put out this content, hopefully the more it will resonate with guys and the more they'll understand it. Yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of that, where can guys check out your stuff? I'll drop links, obviously, but just uh, speak it out so the guys that are listening in their car. Yeah, the, the, I mean, I've got Instagram and Facebook, but the main thing is YouTube. I put out as like content marketing when I want to put out shitloads of free content. Very fortunate to work with a team of like four or five guys. We're all traveling the world, doing this stuff. A lot of us actually doing it rather than just a talking head thing, which I think is important for guys to see. Um, so yeah, lots of free content there. If you want to get in touch with me, just send me an email, info at jamesstoss.com. Include your WhatsApp number. We'll hop on a free call and I'll just kind of figure out where you're at, where you want to go and you know how I can help there based on your budget. It's that simple. 
Awesome, brother. Well, thanks for coming on. It's been uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been a really, really cool talk. I'm really glad we did this. There's a lot, I think there's genuinely a lot of value for, for people out there watching this. Hopefully, even if one guy changes his lifestyle for the better because of this, it's been a success, right? Totally. Just one dude. Thanks for listening. If you want more, go to innerconfidence.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for the latest episodes.